0: Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News Preview Show. I'm your host, Louis McParlin, and in this episode we will be looking at the final round of league 1 fixtures before the winter break. But do we predict festive cheer for teams before the interval or a Christmas disaster on the horizon? I'm joined as ever by GFFN's favourite Anji fan, Mr Thomas Wiseman. Now, Thomas, without going into too much detail, because we will be chatting about the Anj and Nantes match later, as we approach the end of the year, Hogmanay as we call it up here, how has the year gone for Andrzej? How has 2019 been for Lisko?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been um, 100th anniversary this year, so it's been good celebrations. Um, so, yeah, it's mid-table, as usual. Um, I'm happy with that, as always. So yeah, pretty pretty decent year for us and uh, on to 2020.
0: Mm. And you, f- they, they finished 13th last season. Um, wh- where's the, the goal this season? What's the goal? Top 10? Uh, yeah, maybe ninth place I'll be very happy with. Mm. I'm also joined by Clinton McDubess. Now, Clinton... What team do you think will be looking forward to 2020 to, to start a new clean slate and, and start a new and you know start again? What team do you think will be looking forward to it the most?
2: Oh, uh, definitely for me, is it's um, Strasbourg. Uh, they're a team that I personally like, I have a very soft spot for them. Um, I feel like they have like a really good team, a really strong team, and I don't think it has shown much this season so far. Um, they started pretty they started the season pretty early because they had to play those early um Europa League ties and eventually they were out. And I, I think it was very hard for them to motivate themselves into the new season. Especially also as you know thing the the entire thing took its toll on the team. But um in the last few weeks I think they've been getting stronger and stronger, more solid. So um I think in twenty nineteen in twenty twenty, at least um the first few months, they're going to get really Strong And they're going to go on a really good run. So I'm looking forward to how they do in 2020. Hopefully they win another trophy.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And we'll be talking about the Strasbourg match against San Etienne later in the episode. So uh, the Coupe de la Ligue match just finished up about half an hour, 40 minutes before recording, and there were some standout results. Obviously, you know, you had your big hitters like PSG, who stomped home to a 4-1 win over Ligue du Le Monde. But uh, Thomas, what did any matches jump out to you, spring out to you because of any results or any goals?
1: Uh, yeah, I think the uh, kind of cool is the... Um the Amiens um, match against Rennes, they scored in the in the final minute, uh, well, in the added time at least. And uh, it's interesting to see that their last cup game was against Angers, and they also scored a winner goal, winning goal in the um, final minutes of added time. So maybe, maybe they're lucky enough and might be able to continue a, a cup run. <laughs> a
0: little bit of a cup run, I don't know. Yeah, Thomas Monconduit. Uh, got the goal in ni- the 91st minute. I think he's kind of been out the team this season due to, to various issues. I think he had injury problem early on in the season. So that was great to see him come into the team and you know get a win against a very good Ren side at the moment. Hopefully that could maybe you know, my team at Amiens spur them on to a little bit of form to close off this season and start 2020. Clinton, did, did any game stand out to you? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Um... I was really surprised that um, Brest won fairly easily, I guess. Um, 2-0 seems pretty comfortable, Though um, I think Bordeaux really tested them. But it was a game that I thought would probably you know, not be that you know, straightforward. Ended 2-0 and um, Bordeaux are out. Uh, it was pretty disappointing for, from mm. a Bordeaux perspective. But I think um, Brest are pretty good. And they didn't even start um, Gauthier lassonnier who has been on fire? That's their goalkeeper. He has been on fire this past few weeks, and um, the you know the, the guy who replaced him, Donovan Leon, also um, had a great game and saved. Donovan six, Leon. Oh my word! Yeah, six, yeah. Saved six, <laughs> six, six. Um, what do you call it? Six shots. So uh, it seems as though they are very, very, very strong in the goalkeeping department. Uh, but overall, it was good. Leon, he's only twenty-seven, was he not at Yeah, he
1: was, he, was he was at Old Zeph Zeph for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Can't believe he's only twenty-seven.
0: So who's who's breast's number one goalkeeper? I've not heard this guy. I've not heard I don't know <laughs> most, anything about this guy. The most informed goalkeeper in Europe currently. Uh
2: I'm I'll not, you um, that. i yeah, uh, not.
1: Yeah, more okay. informed than uh, Paul Bernardoni. <laughs> Isn't he Lewis? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> the guy <laughs> played a blinder played a blinder against um, Marseille, played a blinder against Lille, played a blinder in the last game against Nice Like he, he's just been crazy and he's saved 80, 82% of the shots he's faced and he's faced 4 shots per game at least 4 oh, shots oh, per oh, game that's oh, God, like very oh, high oh, and I think he has the oh, best XGA variants in Europe currently oh,
0: yeah, but Bernadoni's dealing with Florian Miguel and Jesus. <laughs> he's got a much more difficult task. My God. No,
1: no, no, no. no. no Can't no back way. away from no this.
0: Is Bernadoni no not alone from Bordeaux? I think he's, yeah, I think
1: there's a second loan.
0: I don't want to turn this into the, the Bernadoni show, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's playing good at soccer. Um, What's yeah, for I, him, though?
2: I <clears throat> do love him so much?
0: Me with Bernadoni, the love for him is, you know, we used to have, so my team Hamilton, uh, we used to have a goalkeeper called Thomas Czerny, who was this Czech Republic guy, he was a Czech guy. Um, probably one of our, we've always had a really good knack of being awful defensively, but always have really good goalkeepers. Um, and Thomas Czerny was kind of that guy. It was incredible, always saved penalties. He was insane at saving penalties. And before every match, he would always go and hug every player on the team and, like, kiss them on the cheek and just get really, like... We wouldn't do, like, a huddle or anything like that, but just always be extremely, like, passionate and and close with all the players and things like that. Um, And that's always made me have, like, a love for weird goalkeepers and just, like, (laughs) many goalkeepers. And Paul Bernadone, he's, like, 22 and he looks as if he's pushing 40 he looks like your weird uncle that you know he gets a bit close to your <laughs> parties family parties and stuff I just love him he just looks so strange and he's 22 and I honestly think he's really good at football I think he's a bloody good goalkeeper it's all the things like that you don't think of it's not just shot stopping it's like organising your defence and all that jazz but then when you got Florian Miguel and Pablo Martínez who can't use their ears, it gets a little bit difficult but I just really like him he's bald and he's 22 like what? what's not to love my god <laughs> And he was extremely good at Nîmes last season, and probably a bit less this season. Nah, no, I, I just, I just really, I just really like him. I feel like I should like do a segment on him one time just to to show my love for him. But I think he's a bloody good <laughs> player, and I can't wait for him to go back to like Bordeaux if Nîmes go down and just like take over their number one spot. That'd be sick. Anyway, let's move on to some of the league games for this weekend. Um, the the major one that stuck out to me due to some news that broke out today is Monaco versus Lille this the same fixture that happened in midweek in the cup where Lille won 3-0 but there has been some news coming out of France eh, today regarding Monaco's manager Leonardo Jardim eh, he's not been sacked or anything like that but Monaco Matan report that ASA um, Monaco could be close to sacking Leonardo Jardim if he fails to get a positive result this weekend. Many of the fans during their 3-0 cup defeat on Tuesday were singing for him to resign and singing for him to leave the club and he said after the match that uh, i understand the fans they love the club they love good football we have had good results recently they're demanding more they want to win matches that's normal but the coaching staff also wants to win matches the players too and you can see more of this news or at GetFootballNewsFrance.com or you can see it at getfootballnews Twitter page at GFFN to see more about that as the story develops. But yes, Thomas, the situation at Monaco—it's getting pretty fraught. They lost three 0 in midweek. How is this second spell at Monaco gone for Jardim? And you think it's coming to the end of the
2: road?
1: It was
0: always a—it a, was always a
1: peculiar appointment bringing him back. Um, I think he was just—he was kind of just waiting for. Um, waiting in the wings when the um, disaster uh, class that Henri was presiding over uh, was, <laughs> at, and um, he came back. I mean, they, I think they already paid him off, and then he came back on a on a brand new contract. Um, and it's not been it's not been particularly great. I mean, he did there was some signs that were brought in over the winter, um, and they. Sort of boosted the squad a little bit, and it just helped them sort of get over the line. Um, But they were still need to remember they were still very close last season to to going down. Um, they're only I think it was a game or two away from from going down. Um, Mm. And it's just not. I mean, the the it's been Slimani and Ben Yedder have been (laughs) the two players that sort of papered over a lot of the issues that are still going on at the club. And um, yeah, it's and uh, I mean. We'll, we'll get on to RJ, but they gave me it to Andre last, last last week. Um, they were completely toothless. They didn't know, really know uh, what to do. And um, it sort of looks like maybe Jardim's going to get another paycheck. Hmm.
0: Clinton, the, the situation at Monaco, like we said, is getting a bit difficult with Jardim, maybe, you know. But he, he's probably looking forward to that payoff, by the way. He's probably made so much money off of Monaco in the last couple of seasons. Drank, like, yeah. 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 And I know and, he,
2: uh, you know, th- th- there have been reports that he's very, very, very money-oriented and very greedy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I-, I figure that he's probably looking forward to getting sacked. He doesn't seem so bothered anyway. So um, I think it was a terrible decision anyway to bring him back after, you know, Henry. Monaco should have just gone in a different direction. They brought him back and then they offered him <laughs> whatever deal they offered him. And now they have to pay him again crazy money really to, you know to let him go but um I think it's best for them to just do it because in a way I feel like that payout is probably why they've been stalling for for so long you know in sacking him but I think they should just go ahead and do it and just get it over over with because it's it gets into a stage where the club just feels so dead so lifeless you know and um it's just best for him to go I think they should they should It this weekend, regardless of if they win or not, because it seems like those wins that come when he's on the brink keep you know extending his stay on and on and on and on, and it's just too pointless at this point. So, uh, I think they should fire him. I really, yeah, it seems
0: like the situation is whenever uh, Jardim's job is like in trouble, Monaco (laughs) play like like early 2010s Barcelona, (laughs) and (laughs) then when they're doing absolutely fine, they look like Early 2010s, ten, don't you? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wow!
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, Clinton. So you you agree? You think he deserves a lot of this? A lot of this criticism?
2: Yeah, yeah. He deserves. Um, he, some of his decisions are completely bizarre. And um, there was this um, thread, you know, on Twitter the other time about his relationship with his players, how he makes decisions, and all of that. And it was also. Um, sad to see really and of course it's very obvious that there's a lot of truth to it because we see it a lot on the page you see it with the selections the random selections he makes sometimes and all of that so um i think you know he deserves criticism and he should probably just go just mm. next to
0: well I, and you, you said earlier that he was money orientated i know he was linked with a move to china at some point, I think between yeah, yeah. like uh, after the the first sack or the sacking at Monaco, yeah, yeah. He's at, like, between, my yeah. my boy Jardim's a dawn. He's sitting there with his diamond <laughs> necklaces, his gold rings, everything, in his twenty million pound mansion. He's making so much money. I just find that hilarious because like, he's such like an unassuming guy to look at, uh, and he's just like so. He's counting the dollars. He's making numbers. He absolutely knows uh, how to do it. So, Monaco, at the moment, in the league, you know, you could talk about how they've done this season. You could say, oh, you know, they've had a, a fiery attack at, at some times and, you know, a bit weak defensively at others. But, uh, as the cliche goes, the table doesn't lie. They currently yeah. sit ninth, which isn't awful considering the their, you know, the, the, how they started the season. But it definitely doesn't look as if they're going to be getting much better. And, like you said, Clinton... Even before this match against Lille, another bad result would surely just be the, 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 the nail in the coffin for him, surely.
2: Yeah, it, it should be. I don't see any reason why they should persist with him beyond this weekend, really. Especially if they lose or even draw. Because, I mean, um, it's almost January and they... they still don't look, you know, good. They are, they are ninth on the table. they won only seven out of 17 games. And, of course, the table is tight, but we can start... We're we are already seeing that some teams are pulling away, like Marseille, like Lille, like Ron. So, um, if if they persist with, you know, him beyond this point, then they might be in for another relegation fight you know, later on. Mm.
0: But But, Thomas... Could any other manager have done a, a better job in the situation that Monaco are in right now with, you know, so much issues up upstairs with the board and, you know, players just getting chucked at him that Jardim has to juggle with Onyekuru and Zagri coming in, Pavlovic around the corner, Ruben Aguilar, Augustin, you know, all these players that he has to juggle and keep happy. And we've heard that, you know, the relationship isn't the best with him and his players has it been a difficult? You know, how hard a, a job is this for for anyone, or including Jardin You know, is is he being unfair, or, or fans and the board being unfair to him in this situation?
1: Mm, no, not really. Um you don't think it, so? Uh, maybe slightly, but if you look at his his team selection, he keeps playing Jemison wherever it doesn't matter. I'll play him right back. Yeah, play him at centre mid. Brilliant. We'll do that. Um, it just doesn't make sense some of the decisions he's making uh, I understand that Monaco is, is behind the scenes uh, as a club is a mess at the moment I mean you look at some of the the transfer deals they've made over the past year or so and look at the ones they're linked with at the moment it just boggles me what, what, what they're even doing with some of these mm. um, going just, I mean Bakayoko was a, a, a good um, signing back Eslamani and Ben have worked out well, but um, it just seems
0: a little bit too erratic. All over um, the place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, I understand, I do appreciate they have very good attackers, some of the best in the league, good midfielders on their day, like Yubaki Yoko and, and obviously Fabregas can put in a shift and, and players like um, Gilson Martins and whatnot. But who who do you play at centre-back, which is a great pairing? I like Mari Pan, yeah. But you know, Baddy Sheely's looked a bit like a Scare at times. As much he is young, Glick isn't half the player he used to be. Jemerson, like you said, also doesn't really look like the player that the won league a few years ago. Uh, you know, they're not they're not get that much cover at centre back, despite having a very big squad. Thomas, you know. Yeah, I think I
1: mean, what I've seen Maripani looks the most stable out of um, all the three centre backs. I mean, Glick's Glick's improved. Um, from his dreadful form at the start of the season. Jemison, I don't really... I wouldn't, wouldn't trust Badish even though he is very young. He's He, he is a talented player. Um, it's a difficult one, really, and I'm not convinced by Gilles Diaz as a, as a, a wing-back, to be honest, um, or Gelson Martins as a as a wing-back. Although he has, he has done okay, but it just seems a, a mess at the moment.
0: Mm, you know, the main thing about Badish I feel... He's great physically and what he's he's good in the tackle, he's a big lad, but positionally he is quite weak. A lot of the time he crosses into the box. Yeah, he'll be great if it's a one-on-one situation, marking you, that's fine. But if he was going up against a striker like Ben Yedder, who just knows the game, he's he's, he's played it for so long now, he's 29, he's in his prime, a a nifty player like that, he just gets lost. The guy fades to the front post, goes to the back post, it just gets lost in those well, situations. I, I, I
2: think that, um, to be fair, I think that, uh, I mean, obviously, but is young. Um, that's the point of having a more experienced head beside him. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's not like direct getting. And he, yeah, but he's not getting that really, and that's that's part of what is missing. Because I mean, if you if you have if you're a a young centre back and you have a very um, experienced head beside you, uh, look at Saliba for instance. He has that, and it helps him, or it has helped him so far. and uh, All of that, it matters a lot, and I, I think that uh, Monaco are not making good use of that currently, which is mm. why they look so horrible.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. No, no. Gemma's for a right back. Ooh. Um, so, Monaco will be playing Lille this weekend. Uh, like I we said, Lille's last match was a pretty confident 3-0 drubbing of Monaco in the Cup Thomas, do you think it'll just be another whitewash in in this match? It won't be too much of a different situation. Lille are starting to to hit some form. Monaco have got pressure pinning down on them. Do you think it will just be a a pretty simple result for Lille? They they should be going into this match pretty confident, yeah?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, the way Monaco are at the moment, yeah, they will be. But, I I mean, Lille have only won one game away from home. So their away form is pretty uh, pretty tragic. But if there's any game really to, to win it, it, it's difficult looking at this one because it's either Marco players do usually when, when Jardim is in trouble and sort of get him out of it, um, or they just accept, you know, Jardim accepts and they, they sort of play uh, under their usual level and they'll take it away. It's a, it's a difficult one, but I'd, I'd fancy Will little, little, Lille taking this one. Mm.
0: But their their main man, Lille's big striker, 20-year-old Victor Ossim Hen, who's been the story of the season this year for young strikers breaking through into the game, uh, was subbed off in midweek against Monaco, complaining of, of heart issues and chest issues. He was taken to hospital, I believe, that night and given a couple tests and was kept in for not only that night, but also the night after basically with the doctor saying that he's actually okay, I don't think it was anything serious. But I take it he'll probably be missing out this match. Um, Clinton, is that going to have a, a, a big effect on on this match? How much do Lille rely on the striker if he doesn't play following these, this health scare?
2: Well, um, I think it will be very it will be a big miss because Lila. Are- Really, really dependent on Simen at this point. It's almost like they can't score when he's not on the pitch. But we saw against Monaco some days ago that uh, Remy could step up. Although he has not really stepped up uh, as well in previous games. But maybe it's just the fact that Monaco defense is just not good. Maybe uh, that will count. Uh, I think Remy might be able to step up. But more importantly, I think the form of Renato and the way he's looking now... Would help a lot because um, all along there hadn't been someone else maybe apart from Ikone who you know was a bit on and off on and off like that um, there hasn't been someone who has been like a genuine threat in the attacking third be, be, uh, besides Osimhen. so I think having Renato gives them that so even if Osimhen misses the game which is most likely going to, uh, going to do I think they would still be a bit of a threat, and I think Remy might see chances to put um, Monaco to the sword. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on Monaco for this game. I'd probably just sell, sell everything I have and bet on and Lil walking in which. <laughs> <of each. laughs> uh, that's going to
0: happen. Clinton, you you mentioned a little bit there about Renato Sanchez. Fantastic segue into my next point. By the way, may I, may I say uh, it, it seems like Sanchez over the last few weeks has kind of been the Jonathan Bamba to Nicola Pepe last season. He's yes. slightly taken some of the limelight off the striker, taken the pressure off. It's, it's also been younger than Sanchez, or am I completely mixed up ages? Oh, Sanchez's 22. Geez, oh, he's always much older than you think, just because he's been around for so long. Yeah. Thomas, is, is Renato Sanchez back to his best or, or playing his best football? I can't say I saw loads of him when he was at Benfica. But from what I saw at Bayern you know, and Swansea, for instance, it wasn't the best. But do you think we're really seeing the Renato Sanchez that there was so much hype about three years ago now?
1: I think we're seeing uh, he's getting closer to that, that form. It's probably, it's probably his best form since uh, since then. And it just shows, you know, what s- some kind of stability and, and confidence in a, in a player can, can give him. We do, oh, no, he has the, the talent to do that. And he's... He's, he helps replace that the sort of explosiveness that that um, was lost when Pepe when Pepe did go. So I think twenty twenty will be a big year for him if um, he can stay injury free, and he'll continue to become more more
0: and more influential for, for Lille. Mm, absolutely. Okay, so Clinton, you said you'd you'd sell your house and put your money on <laughs> Leal winning.
2: What do you think will be the score prediction for this game? Uh, three one, I think three one to Lille, because Monaco always score somehow.
0: So. Yeah, no, if, if he didn't score the weekend, no, if Islam Slamani's on penalties, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh,
1: uh. Yeah, right, true. so
0: three <laughs> one to Lille is Clinton's prediction. Thomas, do you echo that prediction? I'm going to say closer, to one 2-1, two, one, right, okay, hmm. okay. I think... The, I don't know, the points we made earlier about Monaco really turning it on, you know, when the chips are down, <laughs> when, it, when it really matters... I don't want them to, I, I don't want them to, right? <laughs> that's what's influencing my my decision. But that's the thing, I, would, I mean, the job at uh, Monaco. Is it a good job for a new manager if someone doesn't no. go in there or is a bad no, job? No, definitely yeah. not.
2: Did you just squad. It's
0: all right. I will take squad. it. But what, might... Whatever's behind the
1: scenes, I will not deal with
2: that. You know, they've been linked with um, <laughs> Valencia's former manager, Marcelino. Ah,
1: okay. I just wondered who, you know, who do they bring in to there, They've it? been
2: linked to him and it's been said that he'll take over if Jardim is sacked this weekend. I think uh, Marcelino would do a great job there. Uh, and he, I think he wanted Badier-Chile when he was at Valencia. Mm. I Was able to get him, so I'll be excited to work with him. And I mean, he plays 4 4 so Slimani, um, and Ben are just perfect for him. He loves, you know, those kind of things. So I think he might be able to do something with that but it's really, really, it's a really difficult job to take over at this point. I think it's it's, it's tough. I think, <laughs> I think it's, the it,
0: uh. It's- is Laurent Blanc just kicking about Monaco right now, looking about? Is he is he in the running? Would you like to see him back in football?
1: Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't been in management for quite a while now. Well, a couple of years. Three years, I think. Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah. So that'll be that'll be quite fun to see. Uh, yeah. I Maybe mean, if
0: I gets sacked, and <laughs> <laughs> for a new job. <laughs> 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 I, I personally I think it is It's a good job I know what you mean Thomas but the behind the scenes and whatnot but I think pure like footballing wise the squad the leaders you've got Fabergas, you know and, and then two of the best strikers in France right now you could say potentially Tuckers. going to, in Europe you know with like the, the, the scraps they're feeding off of um I think it would be a good job. It would be a good job. I've heard a lot about this new boy that's coming, Strahinja Pavlovic. who'll come next summer from Partizan, like 18-year-old centre-back. So maybe that could patch up some of their defensive issues. But no, I think there are the, the, the groundwork there for a really good team. It's just not really happening right now. I Although, but coming to this match, Monaco-Lille, I think it'll be... I think it'll be like a 1-1 draw. Because Lille... Lille need a break you know they've they've been quite on it recently it's been quite a dramatic time for them with the, with the Champions League mm-hmm. and getting back into form getting out of form and all that i think they just need a winter break to really calm down again and i don't think their young squad is up to it to go and replicate the great performance they put on on tuesday so yeah i'm going to say 1-1 one, one draw actually i'll i'll go for a little bit of a curveball on this one uh, the second match we're going to talk about here is Nantes v. Angers, Derby the lowest, uh, one of the big matches in the west of France. And it's been a tight fixture in recent years with two draws and a 1-0 win for Angers in the last three encounters. You know, Angers aren't in the best form right now, but they did draw against Monaco last week, Thomas. how do they go- How do they look going into this match?
1: Um, I mean, we haven't had the cup game, um, which always helps, so some nice preparation. Um, Monaco game was, um, I mean, I'm glad not a lot of people probably watched it because it was was quite boring, but um, I mean, André just completely shut out Monaco and I'm, I was impressed by both, both well, the defence has been very shaky recently and there wasn't any glaring mistakes that were, that were being made, so that was, that was uh, nice to see. And um, the... Pro- André probably had the better of the chances. Uh, Lecomte made one or two really good saves uh, towards the end of the game. Um, the sort of just gotten that 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 point. Um, so yeah, we don't look, don't look so bad. Uh, El Malali's coming back. It looks like he's in the squad, which is uh, very good because he's he's quite a, a very explosive player. Uh, so it, it's good to stretch stretch uh, stretch play. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm, I'm uh, hoping for a, a good end
0: to the. Uh, To the uh... Mm -hmm. So you you said, you know, they haven't been going in in the best of form recently. They did play well against Monaco, though, good defensive uh, performance. Monaco only had three shots in the box all match, whereas Andrzej had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight shots in the box. Um, Most of them coming in in the last few minutes. I know Stephen Bahokin had a good chance and um, Fultini had some chances earlier in the match. But, you know, it was a bit more of an encouraging performance from Andrzej. Do you think a, a, a big derby match is the type of game, you know, I hate cliches, man, like oh, form goes out the window and all this stuff. But do you think that is just like just the match that Mulan will be looking forward to, to just go and absolutely stick it into Norton and finish on a high? Because, you know, the Canadi are sitting above them currently in the table. But do you think that's the perfect opportunity to just, you know, end, end the year on a high? Because it probably has been... I don't know who has been a better year for, not or Angie, um performance-wise. Probably just with the with the, the rise that Ongi have had recent years, probably a little bit better for Ongi. But uh, yeah, do, do you think it's a good opportunity to, to really just, you know, finish on a high?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. I mean, there was great celebrations because the last home game against Monaco, great celebrations for the 100th anniversary, Um, those great banners. So it would be uh, a really great end to the, the 100th anniversary year to... Uh, Win in the in the Derby away at not, which I don't think we've done for a, a very long time.
0: Mm, yeah, it's, it's usually a like I said, it has been a tight fixture, yeah, but Nantes yeah. have usually just had the mm-hmm. kind of had the stranglehold um, uh, over the last few years. Nantes, if they win, they could go third, but if Anji win, they could go sixth what's the bigger motivator for for each team Clinton you know is is that motivation that you know Nantes could go from from I think their fifth at the moment up to third or Anja who could climb from tenth up to sixth what what's the bigger motivation uh
2: well um I can't really say to be honest I think um they just want to end, uh, end the uh, the year on a high I think that's that's the the best motivation for both teams. Everyone wants to go into Christmas feeling like, yeah, we won the last game of the year and all of that. So um, I don't think... Of course, um, it's very exciting thinking of, oh, we go second or third or something. We go third, we say we in from the nonce angle. But at the same time, I don't think that's really where the motivation will come from. I think it would be more about finishing the year on a high and going to um, the Christmas break with... You know, a solid win. Because, you know, when you lose the last game of the year and you have to wait two, three, four weeks you know, to, to make up for that, it's mm. usually a very agonizing wait. So they would want to... But I, I, I do think this game is going to um, see a complete lack of goals. Angers don't score away from home. Like, they almost <laughs> never. <laughs> They're not allowed to. Books. The score <laughs> just five goals, really. And nuns do not concede, and they do not they do not score, really. So they always mm. messed up at the last... You know, when they get to the final third, they just... And um, the person who is Moses San, the Nigerian. <laughs> My Nigerian <laughs> um, <laughs> compatriot. He's, I don't know what happens to him. It's like he gets there, he has done everything right, and he gets to that final third, and then he runs out of ideas, or something awkward happens. He has an mm. awkward fall, or he miss kicks, or something. It just keeps happening. So um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. At, at best, we're probably going to see a 1-0 win for somebody. I'm not sure.
0: Who. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Nantes have been a bit better defensively recently. I know they had um, Palo Anjiroto out. I think they were both suspended a few weeks ago, and their form... Kind of dropped off as a result. They had a, a couple bad results against saint and, and and Bordeaux, Monaco, and Metz. But they seem as if they're back onto their game a little bit better. And of course, they'll have Christian Gueuche at the helm for this game. An experienced manager, Clinton. Do you think he's the best man? You know, do you think he's the best man to have in the stands in the dugout for this game? An experienced manager who knows that, you know. Ending the year in a high is the best thing you can do for the club and for the fans. You don't want to go over Christmas and it's looming over you the whole time. Jeez, oh, mind we yeah. lost, mind we lost, mind that.
2: Yeah, especially at home, it's... it's. I think it counts though, yeah, but um, at the same time, um, just tonight they lost against Strasbourg at home when mm-hmm. you're in the League. So, I think they are very, very vulnerable to those kind of losses where mm-hmm. they just they play well for the most part and probably just concede some weird goal or something yeah. and then they lose. So, I don't know. I'm not going to... Personally, I think this game ends goalless. less Personally, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I, I've said that it ends 1-0 and I've also said it ends 0 So, I'm not sure which to go <laughs> <with> one. <laughs> I 1. Think... Okay, 1-0, 1-0. Um,
0: to, to someone, we'll will come to your to prediction at, at the end. To <laughs> someone, to one team, uh, Thomas. I know you won't want to wax lyrical about you know your your neighbours, but Christian Grokhov <laughs> has been in the job for a couple months now, and his team currently sit fifth going into the last uh, round of fixtures of 2019. His spell so far has been marked by a pretty solid defence at times, but also the the, the probably quite weird. Um, Playings of Kader Bamba, Imran Luza, and also another one that happened in in the Cup games this week, which was Roli Pereira de Sa, a 23-year-old midfielder who's really only just been kicking about the reserves for years. But for some reason, Gurkuf was like, no, you, you, sir, you're going to come and you're going to start <laughs> this match and you're going to be amazing. Uh, how would you rate Gurkuf's first few months in the job back in France? Um, I mean... It's been like a, a
1: Goku time of it. Um, he's, I mean, he's, yeah, he's done well. He's strengthened that defence. Um, attacks a little bit dysfunctional at times. Um, but I, I mean, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're doing all right. Not too bad. Um, not not too bad time of it. Uh, nothing really exciting. Um, Ludovic Blas is coming to some form, perhaps, which is pretty good to see because all he needs is some consistent game time really um, and we all know he's a very talented player so that's interesting um, and obviously loser has been, been playing
0: well as well. Mm, yeah, well I, I wanted to bring you on to Imran Loser actually because he has been probably one of their standout players this season. I was looking at a lot of his stats, uh, you know, for like how he contributes to the build-up and, and how he performs in front of goal and whatnot. Um, I believe he scored against Nîmes? Yeah, he scored against Neem. Yeah. Um, Last week, but he's been extremely above average compared to a lot of the other players in Ligue One. If you look at his stats for you know key passes and like I said, how he contributes to the build up. What's been your opinion of him, Thomas, so far? A young player, only twenty years old. Remember, only twenty. Wow. Okay, I didn't
1: think he was that young. um No, he's been really good. I mean, some of the the play that him and him and Bla have been doing is is pretty impressive. And um and I think he's in the under twenty ones now he's just about got, or well, might be getting to them, I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah, but it's, no, it's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not a known for, for producing good talents and this is just another one, uh, another one off the line really, so I think he will have a, a good
0: season for them. Mm-hmm. Clinton, so often we see players come into first teams like Kamavinga and Chotard, um, and Ait Nuri at Anj, you know, under 17, 16, um, I heard that Kamavinga was training with the first team aged Fifteen, which is terrifying. is a little bit older, you know. He's twenty years old, but do you think that you know? You got to remember that some players do just sprout a little bit, a little bit later. Do you think it's unfair on some of these players like Loser to think, oh, he's twenty years old now and only just making his debut, that he's not going to be as good as the other players? You know, what's been your opinions of Loser so far? Do you think he does have the potential to? really go far in France remembering that he does play for a very defensive Nantes side
2: yeah absolutely um, I think he has great potential I think he has done very well so far um, He's he's been pretty involved in everything they do in their build up and everything like you said earlier and um, I think he's he's given the kind of consistency that um, we, we we knew Rangier for um, Valentin Rangier and he's just of stepped into that that same um, role and he's doing you know pretty well he's pretty consistent and he's he's always at the heart of you know everything good that they do so i think um based on what i've seen so far of him uh, i think he's going to be pretty um in demand in about a year or less mm. i think so i think he's going to be the hype is going to be huge on him very
0: the hype's going to be huge. Sauce, yeah. Um <laughs> One th- one thing I noticed about Souza is he doesn't seem to have one like position that he's that, he, that he's set on. He's one of these guys, a bit of a old style utility player who's happy to play just wherever as long as he as long as he gets a game. He started off this season further up the field at winger, playing you know sometimes as a ten, but now he's a bit more of a defensive midfielder. I mean against. Paris Saint-Germain, a couple of weeks ago, when they lost 2-0, he made eight tackles. He won eight tackles, which is insane. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's good for he's good with that defensive side of the play, despite playing, I believe, a lot of his youth as a bit more of an attacking player. That's just so good to see for for a young player coming through, isn't it, Clinton? Because sometimes yeah. they can be, you know, one-trick ponies, and they're just good at dribbling or they're just good at tackling. You know, he shows that he does have a, a, a lot of variety to his game.
2: Yeah, I think when a player is young, around this age, um, I think it's best to be able to learn as many things as, you know, one possibly can before, you know, focusing on being a master at something. I think it's always best for young players to be able to slot into different roles and, you know, Mm -hmm. learn things. That's one reason why, for instance, I don't want Kylian Mbappe to play as a pure nine yet. Because I feel like at his, uh, at his age, he should probably still be honing all the parts of his game. Every, every single part of his game. The same thing applies to Lusa. I think that um, he needs to be able to learn to do so many things. So sometime in the future, when he now becomes a master at something, he will still have those extra things that you can always pull out of his hat. You understand? So um, I think it's 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 a good thing that he's able to do that. And I think he should continue. I don't want him to specialise just yet.
0: Yeah, I have to say, like, it has been probably one of the best decisions that um, Gorkov has made at the club, is just making him such a pivotal part of the first team. Because I don't think he was extremely involved before this. I think he made his debut this season, or at least in the league um, he made his debut
2: last season, but I think he just played that one game uh, against mm-hmm. uh, Strasbourg. It was towards the end of the season, anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I think um, the departure of um, Ranger mm. opened up you know, the way for him. And, of course, um, usually with young players, that's how it happens. Sometimes someone, the person whose shadow you're behind just leaves, and then everyone just opens up for you. And you take your mm-hmm. opportunity, and then you stay. So... It's
0: great. Well, it's, it's great to see he's from Nantes. He's been at the club since he was seven years old, uh, which is insane, and now really getting the opportunity. And I have to say, you know, like I said, a lot of the players that are hyped up right now, oh, I can't think of this guy, he's 17, he's 12 years old. Dude, this guy's seven years old. He's playing right back for Anji. What? <laughs> like, this? The, the good thing about Lusa is he's got a little, it's good for Nantes. I mean, he's a little bit older so that, guys that probably don't watch him week in, and week out, don't really mm-hmm. overreact.
2: Um like yeah, Camavinga,
0: let's be honest, hasn't been has had bad games. But because he's sixteen years old at the time or seventeen years old, people freak out and start like, oh you know, look at this guy though. Um whereas Loza, 20 years old He's he's had a bit more time to to just bide his time and turn into a good player. I, I just basically I really like the look of him that that he's coming through, and I think he's going to be a, a core part of Nantes, but probably some other team uh, in the next few years. But let's get your score predictions for this one, gentlemen. Clinton, I'll start with you. You said it; you thought it was going to be a drab one nil or a nil nil. Which way do you see this game going?
2: Okay, I think Angers win one nil.
0: I know someone would be happy to hear that, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thomas.
0: Uh, I mean, it's always a
1: tricky one because the the I think it was one of the highlights of the year uh, for Angers was was the win at home against Nantes in the Derby, where Fournier scored the winning goal and added time, and uh, everybody went absolutely mental because I think I don't th- I think it was the f- first time Angers had beaten Nantes in the in league and for. Decades, and I, I don't think we've ever beat. Well, I've never, I've never seen us beat them at at, at non from what away from home. Um, so,
2: oh,
1: right, I'm gonna go with a a one-all draw.
2: That's very very uh, surprising.
1: you have two I'd...
2: two goals to scored in this game. Two. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Two well, Thomas. You gotta be more yeah, confident. You never know. In this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not that confident. Okay, so let me see. When was the last time on won a game? Okay, I I okay. It's, it's, so my my sources tell me that they won a friendly match in 2014 <laughs> away to Nantes. You know, you got some pickings, slum pickings. Ah, here we go. 2009. Oh, almost 10 years ago. Like. To the day it'll be, two seconds. It's been league day, yeah. Uh, okay, wow, how insane! is Ten this years. Okay, two one. Yeah, I'm going two one. That's insane. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> so, two thousand nine, league two, not at home, Anji away, the twenty second of December. This game oh, is word. going to be okay. Two thousand and nineteen, the twenty. 1st of December, just give me that. I know it's a day, but shut up, you know. Give me it. Um, <laughs> non, home, Angie away. Oh, it's, it's written. It's 2-1-1. Yeah. yeah, it's good oh, to happen. Modest for Angie, is that anti-modest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, anti-modest. He plays in Germany now, I think. Um, scored twice in this match. And, and also, let me see. This is insane. I didn't realise this was... Um, such like it's like such close. Ibrahim Tal scored open the scoring for Nant. Last was seen playing in um, Switzerland, I feel oh he played in Scotland for hearts. Jeez, oh, there's a name. Um, wow, that's insane. Okay, now you, Thomas, you gotta back it. You yeah. gotta be like nah. Two, it's one. One. It's two, two one. two one, one.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's insane. <laughs> Okay, I'm backing it as well. So the last competitive win was 2009, almost 10 years ago to the day. That's insane. Uh, yeah, I've got a back on you as well, actually. I'm going to say like 2-1 as well, just because the story's forming, Clinton. Sorry, I'm going to have to disagree with you. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Last, <laughs> the last match we're going to cover in this episode is Strasbourg against Saint-Étienne. So Strasbourg, they're probably, you could say, a, a team on the up at the moment. They've had some favourable results over the last few weeks and it looks as if they're really starting to just settle down after all the hullabaloo of the Europa League and how that affected their season. They're now up to 14th. They're only three points off 6th and Thomas, did you think this was always going to be the case just with the quality of manager and quality of player they have at their disposal?
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... if you just look at the the squad they've got and the, the players they've brought in it's been um, it's been a really good transfer season for them and and Terry is is a is well known for being a for being a good manager so i think this was this was coming um, this good form i think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago um this they were they were underperforming uh, uh, a and, and Motiva. Um, and then they've suddenly exploded and winning games by like four goals and, and random randomly lost it I think it was five to press, I think it was. Five 0 something like that. Um yeah, but it, I mean, they're looking looking pretty good and um they've they've been they've changed to a, a four at the back now. Kenny Lala has been um disappointed this season so they've they've moved away from his creativity and and, and looking elsewhere and uh, Anthony Cassie's been really good for them um at left back. He's another one to to watch out for.
0: Yeah, we we talked about um Kenny Lala just for coming on. Thomas, what's the situation with him? He was such a pivotal player for them at a fullback last season, but it's just not been the same this time round, has it?
1: No, I think the it was um I think, I think it was nine assists last season, five goals. And yeah. there was that feeling there was I mean there's even talk that he would Deschamps was looking at him to get in, in the in the national team, which after a season like that, you can't really um, dispute. Um, so, every, I mean, everybody thought there'd be somebody coming in for him. I mean, even though he's he was, I think, 27 at that point, 28. Um, you know, yeah, full-back and, and win-back is a, is a much more of a, a, um, a rarer market. There's less players in that position. And there was just... No, it was it was completely quiet. There was, I don't think there was any formal bids um, to that went to, to Strasbourg, and and Lala was, was hoping he'd get a, another move away, and it, it never came. And then they had the Europa League matches, and and they had a chance of, of actually beating um, Frankfurt across the two legs, but and in that final away like they were relying on players like Lala um, to produce something, but. Maybe he was looking elsewhere and hoping he can get you know, last couple of days of the transfer season, Mm. maybe get a a
0: move away, but it never came and he just hasn't looked the same player since. Mm. Clinton, do you think Lala can get back to his best, either at Strasbourg or at another club?
2: Uh, I think he can. Um, Probably, you know, by the time time it's mid-January and there's still no interest, he'll probably realise that, okay... He needs to just get on, the, you know, his his game and just play what he knows. So um, I think slowly, though, slowly Strasbourg get back into form. He's also going to get into form as well, and he's going to end the season strong. I guess I understand that he's been probably disappointed by the way the summer went. He uh, pro- should probably fire his agent for that, because I mean I don't know how you get five goals, nine assists from you know a wing back, full back role, and you get no interest, no beats, nothing whatsoever. It's terrible. But um overall I think he's going to get back into form though pretty soon. I'm a big fan of the guy. I, I really like the guy. <laughs> I rep him a lot. So uh, <laughs> hopefully I'm looking forward to you know seeing the Lala we saw last season. I mm. think he could
0: Clinton do you want him to stay in League?
2: Yeah. Yeah I don't want him to you know, leave the league. I I never want any league player to leave the league. Honestly, <laughs> never. Mm. I, I I like I like when um, a player at least if a player is moving, is going from you know maybe mid table team to a top six team or something like that. I feel like the top league on teams should be looking at the best players in the you know teams that are mid table or bottom bottom of table and picking out you know the better players. I don't know why Pedro Rabocho went to Turkey. He could have done a lot. You know in Many different uh, Ligue sides. So if Lala is going to leave Strasbourg, I, I want him to be at uh, you know, a club closer to the top of the table, but not outside. Because in the end, most times when these players leave, these players don't get enough interest. When they do leave, they, they go to clubs that are probably even a downgrade from the clubs they are leaving and I, I really don't see the point of that so um, if Lala is going to leave I think she should stay in Ligue probably join a team you know, closer to the top of the table maybe even Monaco for instance <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: another individual at Strasbourg at the moment who you know he's 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 definitely been a pivotal player for them, um, but was probably a victim of Strasbourg's failing early on in the season. As Ludovic is Ludovic Ajork standing at over 200 centimetres? Is he still... 197, my sources are telling me, but I've, he's pretty tall. I would I would argue that he's pushing 200 uh, an absolute giant of the game, uh, with fifteen goals and four league assists in the last season and a half for Strasbourg. He started to kick back into form over the last few weeks. And where does he rank in your estimations, Thomas? Do you think he is one of the the better or best strikers in the league playing in a in a, in a you know for a, a mid table Strasbourg side?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, like you said, he's very tall, um, so he's always going to be an aerial threat. But he's got quite a good um, technique on him on his shot, and um, he, he does do well. He can be kind of awkward sometimes um, with his play, but I think his frame doesn't doesn't help him with that. Um, but alongside Matiba, they've been um, a deadly strike force uh, indeed, and and uh, I'm sure I think he, I think he actually came from Angers uh originally. Um just gonna pull that in there. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah, no, I mean so he, he's, dead. he's I didn't
0: even see that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think he's
0: 24, 25
1: now. So um but yeah no, know he's had a he's had a really good season. I mean six goals three assists, you can't really argue with that. Mm. And I think he'll probably continue going to um twenty twenty
0: and like you said he has got a good touch from good technique on him like yeah, a lot yeah. of really tall players um, can be like Lucina Traore rest in peace he's not dead by the way just, <laughs> he's dead to me play, where is he playing Eastern Europe now or something um uh, some, sometimes oh so yes uh, sometimes bigger players can look a bit lanky can look a bit awkward yeah. but he's got a good touch from him at times like I said he has had a couple of assists and he does link up the play very well doesn't he yeah yeah I love mm. him <laughs> one of my,
2: he's one of my favorite uh, Ligon on strikers. I I really like the guy. I think um, you know as you said, tall tall strikers generally look awkward when they're playing yeah. and all. That. Yeah. But I think he's he's looked pretty good. You know, even with the height disadvantage. I think it's a disadvantage uh, because you need that low center of gravity and doesn't have mm-hmm. it. But I think he has good touches. I think his link up plays pretty good. And you know what? I think if Olivier Giroud does not make it to the Euros because of his club situation. Bruce I Bruce. think he's... yeah, I think he's... he has an outside chance of doing really? it because he's like a similar profile. I don't know. I'm going to start. I'm going to start the campaign. <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> start the campaign. I'm going to do it. I just feel like I mean, some should just look at him. Just look at him. He's he's similar to Giroud. You don't need him for the goals after all. You just need him for the. Extras yes. that he brings, huh? you should, you should mm-hmm. get on somehow. But I mean, it's going to be hard, so I, like a really long shot, but I'll keep the faith.
0: Get the chomps on the phone. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I have to say, I always respect players that come up from League Two and make a an name for themselves. Um, yeah, that's such a difficult task coming up from coming up from any like second top league and a top five league is such a difficult task because the step up is insane. You go from playing against really poor teams, you know, varying qualities. Like, for instance, look at Paris last season in League Two. They were they were top four or five. Now they're second from bottom. Like, the, the varying quality in that league is insane. And then you just come and really make yourself a player in Ligue 1, I just find it. I always find that extremely respect, respectable. And that's yeah. one of the good things about Andrzej Thomas, is they always seem to find the best players from Ligue 2 to come and just make a name for themselves, Pierre-Elaje and whatnot, for this season. Um, Strasbourg will be hosting San etienne San Etienne. It's, it's not oh, sorry situation, isn't it? It's starting to see as if like, the Claude Puel buzz is fading away now. You know, they, they have had some comically bad performances, like their 3-1 defeat to Ramps, who don't score, and they scored thrice. Um, 4-0 defeat to, to PSG, although they weren't helped by the red card, of course. Defeat to, to Rennes, crashing out of the Europa League. um. Just you don't see where it's going to get better for them, do you? Do you, Thomas? It's just—I mean, I know they won in the Coupe de la Ligue, but you know, some poor matches in in the last few weeks, and now traveling to Strasbourg, it's—is it a case of duck and cover it's at Saint Etienne at the moment?
1: I think the. the- <laughs> Your side at the start of
0: talking about them, so sort of, <laughs> some sums, sums them up at the moment.
1: He used to be uh, excited
0: <laughs> under Gassi last season, and you know, and a lot of the players that they brought. Like, imagine, um, Buanga in last team's last season's team. Oh, that'd be amazing playing wherever, playing on the wing or playing up front. You know, I mean, like inside an informed Kazri and beside Dione when he was playing well, Remy Cabello. Oh, I've been asked for beside him, and via top of his game, Perrin Subotic jack but now he's playing in an awful San Etienne team. Like, come on, you know what I mean? I feel like he would have just been so good last season.
1: Yeah, um, it is. It is difficult at the moment. I just don't. It's not. It's just not. It doesn't look great at the moment. I mean, Ruffier has been making uh, more mistakes than you'd usually expect. Um, they've got a really good. I mean, really good squad. I mean, I like uh, Zed Yusuf. Um, I like Buanga and Buanga's been I mean he's probably been the best player this season and and they're sort of relying on him a lot for, for goals and Danny Buanga has never been really a decisive goal scoring player but um, credit to him this season he's been really really good no matter where he's played if it's been a win back or or, or on the wing as well and uh, yes and, and Hamumu as well I mean he's had a lot of injury issues uh, his whole time there really but I mean he's popped up with I think four or five goals um, mm. but, but yeah it's not looking great and I think this away trip to to Strasbourg might be a little bit difficult to watch for them.
0: Yeah I know like Denny Buanga, Denny Buanga if you look at just like his career progression over the last few years or even progression but just like just how well he's done is insane when you look at it. Was at Tours and in, in, in League Two, 16 league goals, six assists. Okay, that's good, you know. Um, went back. That was, that was a really bad Tours team as well. They were not good um, that season. Mm, he was absolutely killing it. Went back mm. to his, his um, parent club, Lorient. nine goals, four assists in League Two, you know, being, being a bit of a main man. Went to Nîmes, where he was. One of their better players, eight goals, two assists. This season already, he's got seven goals and three assists in mm. half the games. Like he is just dragging them forward, kicking and yeah. screaming. And yeah, um, he's,
1: he's played well at the Afcon tournaments. Is he's, uh, he's played at? He's probably been better than on both occasions.
0: Was he Gab- Gabonese? Is he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he? played well. Sure. Well, I didn't see a lot of Gabon <laughs> at the at the Afcon. Not even gonna lie. Um, not but
2: not this one though. Last, last two they
0: were, yeah. Last one, sorry. I'll, I'll check my history books for next time, and I'll, <laughs> I'll be a bit more informed, informed on his international career. Um, yeah, I, I just feel it's a bit of a shame that he's come to San Etienne in this, in this time when he's playing so badly. But probably for him, he's going to get a sick move at the end of this. You know, if, if San Etienne <laughs> yes. don't improve, and people are like, "Oh, this kid's doing well," I don't see why he couldn't go to like like Marseille or Lyon or, or go to England or, or, or Spain or something like that. Like, he just is a tricky player who, who unlike a lot of these dribblers, can score, has a good eye for a goal, has an end product, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Clinton, talk to me.
2: Could I have scored a hat-trick against PSG, actually? Like, he actually had some really good chances that could have been mm. up as goals. But I want, I want to say this. Uh, at the start of the season, I made seven bold predictions for the season. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of I'm very proud of just so, so far. But <laughs> I made seven. <laughs> I said, Sanitel will get the CL spot. I don't see how that's happening. I said, uh, Remy Udano will score 15 plus goals. Yeah, that's not happening. But I said, <laughs> I said, I said, Toulouse would stop being boring. And that is kind of happening because their yeah, games are seen a lot of goals. So I'm going to give myself that. <laughs> I feel I'm going to
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: I think um, I also said um, Buanga has scored ten plus goals, and it sounded crazy at them. I think, and now it's looking very likely. I mean, he has scored seven already, and before you know, he would have hit um, double figures. But overall, I think he's been very good. Like he's played multiple positions, and every single time he looks like Santishan's biggest threat. You know, yeah, going forward. Definitely. It's just so it's it, he's a, a handful, and I think before now his problem was you know his on and off performances. It was a bit inconsistent, but he's yeah. shown a lot more consistency now at Twenty Ten, and uh, I think by the end of the season he might have something like fifteen goals or something, fifteen goals, seven assists or something, and we'll mm. probably get a moved to you know a team like Marseille. Meanwhile, um, that brings me back to Lala. I think Marseille would be a great, you know, place to go for someone like Lala because they, they are fullback positions that are absolute poverty. So, <sighs> so <clears> throat> throat> someone like Lala would be a huge upgrade, even when he's off form. So yeah, but, absolutely. Wang has had a great season so far. Yeah. So,
0: do we think Buanga will get on the score sheet in this match? Strasbourg, their hosting of San Etienne, Clinton. What's your score prediction for this one?
2: Hmm. (laughs) Well, uh, the Oracle tells me that Strasbourg win this. 3-1.
0: The Oracle. It's got to be Strasbourg.
2: A joke brace if he plays. Because he didn't play tonight. I don't know if he's injured or something, but... He scored, Djokovic a a scored, um, I think, four, scored four goals. He has four goals, three assists or something in the last six games. So he's like really on fire. I think he'll score a brace in this game. 3-1.
0: Three 3-1. Three one. Okay, that's, yeah. the, that's another 3-1. Uh, Thomas, Etienne, Strasbourg. what do you think?
1: I have 3-1. Um, so I'm <laughs> going to go... Oh, that's got 4-1. Why not?
0: Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Absolutely slapping them! Absolutely I, slapping them! I joke team, right? <laughs> yeah, Ajor yeah.
2: It's got <laughs> to be. Did they win the
0: last match? Uh,
2: yeah, but they're not. They don't look so good. Before that, they lost their last three games, uh, uh, including letting Rhymes score three goals. That's like a, a huge, a huge deal because Rhymes don't score goals. They either play one zero, zero zero. They scored three. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah Sanctitian don't look good right now. I think they're missing Saliba a lot, and it's really affecting them in defence. So, 3-1 for me, 4-1 for... Almost. Like,
0: uh, I think Strasbourg will win, but they're just really weird. Like, they can put four past Strasbourg. Uh, Four past Amiens, four past Nîmes, four past and Toulouse. Five and to Brest.
2: Zero past Brest? What's going on? They considered five to Brest. Yeah, such it a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true, true. Good, is really good, so it's understandable. I
0: mean I'm I am gonna back a Strasbourg win, but like I don't think it's gonna be pretty. Because I think San Etienne will not want to finish on a low. And after they won in midweek, you know, there might be a bit more of a bit of fire in their belly, as you might say. Um, I do I think it'll still be a Strasbourg win, though. Not as many goals as you two have said, because they have just scored two in their last two games. Like I know they were both away where they're not amazing, but I, yeah, I'm going to go like 2-1, 2-1 Strasbourg. I think they're not good enough defensively to keep San Etienne out, Um you know, Bordeaux had their chances and, and none aren't great going forward. So, you know, that, that's that situation. But I do back Strasbourg for this one. Yeah, I'm going to say 2-1. I don't think it'll be 3-1 or 4-1 or anything like that. Jesus, I don't know where you got that from. Um, But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still going to back Terry Lilly's side to, to finish on, on a bit of a high 2-1 win that would send them further up the table. I think Strasbourg are going to give a really good 2020. Um, I think they're just going to kick on in the second half of the season, really kind of push top, top eight or something like that. I think they're a good enough team. Uh, but that wraps us up, wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to get more information and all your things, French and football and news and www. You can find it at Get footballnewsfrance.com and find us on Twitter at GFFN for lots of information and news about the French game that we so love in English. It's the best place to go, definitely. I've been Lewis McParlin. I've been joined by, bang, Clinton McDoobis. Bang, Thomas Wiseman. And I don't believe we'll be seeing each other until the new year. So, gentlemen, to everyone listening, uh, Bon Ani, Happy Hogmanay, uh, Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, all that stuff, wherever you celebrate, have a good end of December, basically, coming into January. And we'll see you next time for the first round of and Fixtures coming into 2020. Have a happy new year, happy Christmas, all that jazz, and we'll see you when we see you.